bends down, I get nervous. Hey, welcome into the PHNX Cardinal Podcast presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook <laughs> app. Amid some technical difficulties, but we are live here in Indianapolis for the NFL Combine. Be sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. I appreciate uh, the the patience as we go through yeah, some technical yeah, difficulties because sure. we are remote. We are on the road here in Indianapolis for PHNX Cardinals Live at the NFL Combine. And, and so we had an opportunity to take in all of the festivities, if you will, for our first Combine. What is your experience thus far? Uh, it's been pretty fun. Yeah. It was a little nerve-wracking right there as <laughs> we had uh, you know Ryan bending over to – Unplug stuff and purposely sabotage our show. Yeah. Uh, they've hated us since we arrived. Yep. And I, they I tried, think first it was of all, more of like a First of all, break. we showed up and they had like this this Suburban that was absolutely packed to the gills and mm-hmm. said, oh, yeah, we'll give you a ride to the Airbnb. Like yeah. From that, the tone was set. They're trying to steal Kyler Murray from us. We will not yes. let it happen. Uh, but in all seriousness, DMVR peeps have been fantastic. PHNX Cardinals at our very first combine. Yep. And boy, oh, boy, what an opportunity to break it in. We have heard from both Steve Keim and Cliff Kingsbury within the last several hours and really – you know, we didn't have a, a podcast yesterday to break down the Kyler yeah. Murray statement via his agent, Eric Burkhart, because, of course, we were on the road. But, you know, Cliff and Kyle both spoke on that, but saw your initial reaction to that statement yesterday from Kyler Murray. Uh, well, first of all, um, obviously it was through his agent, and his agent is trying to do whatever he thought was in his best interest. And I'm here to tell you that that was the worst thing he could have done. That was an absolute shit show yeah I, I don't know what the thought process was behind this mm-hmm. you know we've we've speculated you know maybe this is an agent that's kind of scrambling trying to figure out you know how to keep his client happy yeah I can't imagine Kyler Murray is the easiest individual to work with but uh yeah and, and, and as we're talking we literally have Steve Kyle on yes. the TV here in the background um I, I just I, I've never seen this before and I just thought it was you're grasping at straws right now. Yeah. You still got plenty of time to work on a deal. Why why go to this panic move all of a sudden? I just didn't understand it. So much to unpack with regard to Murray, Eric, and his statement. But before we do that, Steve Kime spoke earlier today at 3 p.m. Eastern time. And the first thing we asked him was about Kyler Murray's contract discussions. Conversations with Kyler and his agent on a potential new contract. Uh, I have not talked to them in a few days, uh, but there's always been current dialogue. Uh, the one thing I'll say is, is in regards to the statement, I know everybody's seen that. Um, I think it's an agent doing his job. I have a lot of respect for Eric Burkhardt and obviously Kyler Murray. Um, from my standpoint, like it's always been uh, moving forward, any kind of speculation, any negotiations, any conversations and dialogue will be certainly held confidential between uh, the three of us. What do you think we find you? Nothing groundbreaking there from Steve Kime, very close to the chest. Clearly, you know, I think the sense that I got, Saul, was they want Kyler Murray around, but very much on on their terms. And I didn't get the sense one way or the other that they felt like this was maybe too early in the process, even though, goodness, the the general consensus of the public feels like it is. But I I was – I'm writing an article right now, gophnx.com, about I, I do think that Kime and, and Cliff, who we'll hear from here in a little bit, handled their business well amidst all of this drama and really commended Eric Burkhart and Kyler Murray. Just They're just taking care of business. Yeah. Uh, 
we'll get to Cliff here in a second because I felt like I was watching two different movies. Okay. Uh, I thought Kime hey, – listen, there's a reason why Steve Kime is still the general manager of the Arizona Cardinals, and it's because he knows how to talk to people. Yeah. He knows how to relay a message. Um, he's very good at, at, in terms of painting a picture that's not total chaos but not a perfect picture. Yeah. Right? And, uh, hey, listen, he, he, he articulated this in a way that made you understand, like, hey, we value Kyler Murray, mm-hmm. um, but just like with every player – there's, there's a production value and a monetary value. Yeah. And you got to find a happy medium somewhere in the middle. And uh, I th- I, listen, we know where this organization stands in terms of the value they place on a good quarterback. They've mm-hmm. seen plenty of horrible quarterbacks come yep. through those doors and lead them to nowhere. They understand the value that Kyler Murray has. I think they, along with all of us, don't really know what Kyler Murray's potential is. Yeah. I think we've seen some glimpses of brilliance, but mm-hmm. again, when you're talking about the second half failures in back to back to back seasons, like where are we going with this? And you know, that that will give anybody hesitation. Absolutely. And he brought up that being Steve Kime, you know, his past negotiations with people like DeAndre Hopkins that took it upon himself not to have an agent and to negotiate his own contract and all of these situations are different. There are different dynamics. I know a lot of folks in the media are trying to paint a picture as it relates to, well, does Kyler deserve a contract because it's after his third year and it fits the bill with somebody like a Josh Allen or a Carson Wentz or a Jared Goff once upon a time? And, and Kime was very reluctant to commit to that, basically stating that, again, everything is different. Nothing is on a definitive timeline. They have to do what's best for the team. And he also emphasized not only looking at this year, but future years and the cost commitment pertaining to that. But I, just to put a bow on, on the discussions itself, I, I do think that he appears to be very receptive and, and believes Kyler Murray will be around long-term. He was asked point blank, you know, Steve, do you feel like Kyler Murray could potentially hold out and not show up for off-season team activities if he doesn't get a contract? And he was very blunt in stating, no, no, I do not believe that's going to happen. <laughs> Bro, listen. You probably feel differently. No, I, I feel absolutely the same. Like, listen, Kyler, <laughs> if you want to go fucking play baseball, which yeah. isn't even in existence right now, yeah. you can't even go play unless you want to go toil around in Reno, Nevada with 1,000 fans watching you on a day-to-day basis, have at it. Yeah. Go have go have all the fun you want. Go wet your whistle. Well, we, we do know Kyler's athleticism is a differentiator, and Kime also spoke about his quarterback as an athlete and how dynamic he can be. I mean, obviously, Kyler Murray to me is, is just different from anybody that I've evaluated in 23 years of doing this. And, um, and that's from a skill set standpoint, talking about a guy that has his height, weight, and then you throw in the foot speed, the elusiveness, the ability to throw with accuracy, touch. Uh, he can do it all. And um, he has a high level of competitiveness and wants to be great. So those are all obviously very good strengths. So you hear those comments, and you hear the comments about Kyler improving every year, and then, of course, we're hanging with the DMVR peeps, and they're in quarterback purgatory, and you know, you've know you got Chris Ballard basically lamenting Carson Wentz publicly today, and it's like, is Kyler Murray perfect? He is not. Is he you know a little bit flawed player, and he's got some introvert qualities? Of course. 
but goodness, it is quarterback hell for, I would say, a third of these organizations here. Steve Keim is fortunate not to be in that position. Dude, do you do not want to be in that boat without a paddle. No. Man. I'm telling you what. It's true. It, you, to get a bitter, bigger perspective on what is going on across the NFL, yeah. like it's the haves and the have-nots, and you don't want to be in the ladder. ladder. Yeah. You know, last year at this time, you were talking about how uh, the Broncos GM had talked about you know finding a good quality cornerback is far more valuable than a, a, a quality corner, quarterback. Yeah. How'd that work out for them this year? Mm, worked out for fourth place in uh, the ultra-competitive AFC West. Yeah. And, so, you're, and you're picking top ten in the draft. I mean, that's where Steve Keim and, and Cliff Kingsbury know where they – well, first of all, they'd be unemployed if they somehow lost yeah, Kyler Murray. Yeah, uh, he has kept them employed each of the past three years, and he gives the Cardinals the best chance, in my opinion, to compete in what is the best division in football. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I, I'm excited to see where this is going to go, and I say excited with you know a little bit of a trepidation, obviously, because yeah. I don't want this to go as, as, as sour as – is it feels like it kind of has already. Yeah. Listen, we'd be fools to think that there isn't some type of disruption between you know the Cardinals and Kyler Murray. There's a little bit of unhappiness, but as we're about to to hear on, on one of Kime's final comments about Kyler Murray, is just really the the relationship between negotiating a contract yeah. and not getting your feelings hurt. You can't be all up in your feels mm-hmm. um, and understanding your value to the franchise, which we're about to listen to Kime right now. Yep. Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it has a lot to do with what your current roster makeup is. Everybody has different situations. You know, everybody has different areas where how much cap room they have to clean up, how much room they actually have. Some teams have a lot of room. Generally, those teams didn't have a very good record, as we know. So the fact that we won 11 games, we'll be able to make some some moves. But uh, again, as you go into, and Michael talked about the complexity of things, how you structure certain contracts, how you defer money, how you play with the cap. There's a number of things that go into it that do take time and certainly the manpower to look into the analytical side of it and the areas where you can improve. You know, love him or hate him, Steve Kime is a very shrewd negotiator. He can be very cutthroat. He cut off contract talks with Patrick Peterson. I believe he's done the same with Chandler Jones, even though I asked him today, you know, are you going to keep tabs on Chandler? Oh, yeah, we'll talk with his reps, but you, you ask Chandler Jones, especially on social media, doesn't look like that's happened. Uh, and, and, of course, last offseason he asked for a trade because contract discussions weren't going anywhere. So I, I think that's where a lot of the, the fan base becomes nervous with regard to Kyler Murray's situation because, you know, I'm not going to go on here and call Kyler Murray an overly sensitive guy, but – you talked about in the fields, and you talked about it being a business, that being Steve Kime and not being personal. I mean, that stuff clashes now, and it clashes publicly. No, for sure. You know, listen, can you imagine a scenario where you're representing yourself like D-Hop did? You yeah. go in there, and you got to hear from Steve Kime, listen, this is what the top receivers in the NFL are doing. These are the things that you can improve in. This is why you don't deserve X amount of dollars. Yeah. And then trying to go back and forth and, and try to state your case – with the person that's ultimately going to pay you. Yeah. That's a pr- pretty hard position to be in. you got to be thick-skinned. You can't take that personally. No. And Steve Kime did that with D-Hop. So now you're having somebody else speak on your behalf now with Eric Burkhart. Yeah. And Kyler is trying to figure out what his value is. He obviously, listen, I believe Kyler has dudes in his corner that are hyping him up to be the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. Oh, if, if they only had this and they only had this. Well, listen. 
it's not always going to be perfect. We talked about that earlier. We've heard that all day. Nothing's ever going to be structured in a perfect way for you. You're going to get dinged up. You're going to get injured. You're going to have other players that you're going to miss. How are you going to perform in those situations? And we saw this year that he didn't perform very well. No. Like, he struggled big time. He did. So... That's when we're talking about when we're talking about a franchise-level quarterback that gets premier money in the NFL. Can you overcome those obstacles? And that's what the Cardinals are having to weigh right now. Yeah, I mean, Kyler Murray is an electric brand. He's a brand that I have argued is, is bigger than the Cardinals right now. And to your point, his team and Kyler Murray, they know that. They know that he went to an organization that was picking first in the draft, immediately made them relevant. Each of the past two seasons, 500 or better, right? But they also play in a division where, I mean, you can make an argument, he's the second or third best quarterback on certain Sundays with Russell Wilson and Matthew Stafford. And so that's where you can't just be status quo. Like, for instance, like the Dallas Cowboys with Dak Prescott because you're feasting on a poor division. The Cardinals have to keep their foot on the gas because they will get left behind. You know, we asked Cliff Kingsbury earlier today about you know the status of, of how they feel like they're doing in the division. And he was like, I feel like we're getting closer every year. But, I mean, much of that is, is with regard to Kyler. Can Kyler outplay Stafford and Russell Wilson and you know San Francisco and, and play well in the division? And it's about completing a, a 17-game season so uh, and playing at a high level. But, I mean, we'll, we'll talk more about Kyler as it relates to, to Cliff's comments. But, you know, I, I made a point to ask Steve Keim today yeah. – are you overly frustrated with the lack of not only production but reps from your back-to-back first-round picks? And here was his response on the matter. Well, I think you always want, um, in an ideal world, you want somebody to come in right away and contribute. But um, there are certainly growing pains that all players sort of – uh, step into and I think with the COVID situation set a number of those players back not to make excuses but uh, both of those guys the picks 8 and 16 respectively we expect them to have major contributions next year so again Kime saying all the right things and, and he even kind of snuck in I don't know if it was in the bite or not a COVID-esque excuse of why you know Zavin and Isaiah Simmons which is the players he was referencing didn't which, play which a whole lot. every other rookie had to deal with yeah, that as well you know, and they performed just fine Jamar Chase didn't seem like he had that problem <laughs> Micah Parsons didn't seem like he had that problem yeah. so so again he knows he's under pressure and pick 23 is interesting because you know, do you feel like you need an immediate contributor? I just think you need a pick, and we've talked about it all offseason, Saul. Clarity. Somebody that can come in. They know the position they're playing. They have a, a role to fill, a void to fill. Just plug them and play them and live through their mistakes. Yeah, I agree, but, man, you know, after listening today, I mean, we, we, we had kind of got a vibe that maybe cornerback was going to be a premier position that they were going to be looking at. Yeah. And at – Earlier, I thought that maybe that wasn't as big a position of need as yeah. it's starting to kind of feel around this organization. So uh, the development thing is is such a conundrum for, for this franchise right now. That's why the second half struggles seem to be so prevalent is because you feel like as the course of the season goes on, you should just you should probably just get better and better or at least get into more of a groove, and that's not what's happening. They're no. in a groove at the beginning of the season, but not so much at the end. When you're talking about player development, it looked like Zayvon Collins was going to be that starting inside linebacker. Yeah. And then at the end of the season, he barely got any run. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Yeah, and they have said, Kime and Cliff both took responsibility today and said they have to do a better job 
in getting those players, Simmons and Collins. Remember, Simmons didn't start the wild card game against the Rams. Getting those guys more playing time. I don't know how you do that with Vance Joseph as your defensive coordinator. That's something they will have to figure out internally. A couple quick things. They said Zavian Collins is staying an inside linebacker. He's not moving to outside linebacker, which a lot of people speculated. I assume the same thing goes for Isaiah Simmons. You know, Kime said, you know, of course, we'd love to have Jordan Hicks back. And then he also made a point to kind of interweave this, which I thought was interesting, Saul. He basically said that it was a defensive decision, a consensus, to take Zavian Collins last year, meaning that the defensive coaches and Vance Joseph were all good with the pick. And I know Kime gets a lot of blame about, well, we all remember draft day, right? Mm-hmm. Taking Zavian Collins, boasting on the phone. He's going to play right away. There's no redshirt seasons. And then he proceeded to redshirt basically his entire rookie season. So he made a point today. He's like, we were all on the same page, guys. And then the season happened, and Jordan ended up playing more. I still don't understand. I don't either. I still don't understand. Listen, you can understand why Jordan played more, but I just don't understand why Zayvon Collins played as little as he did and behind Joe Walker. Yeah. Like, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. And and if you're talking about a premier athlete, and listen, if you're a top 10 pick, you're considered a premier athlete. Yeah. Like, and I'm talking about Isaiah Simmons, obviously. Like, you cannot let that happen. Mm-hmm. And then you move forward another year, and Zayvon Collins, the same thing. Premier athletes in the top 20, in the top 20 picks, you got to perform, you got to play. Yeah. And if they're not playing, you got to find out the reasons why. And we asked about, you know, the second half failures, and they said that they've identified some of these things and tried to, you know, maneuver. But it's still, like, it's, it's, it's almost as if, they are not being able to pinpoint exactly what the problem is because there is not one solution. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's like they, they had all laid out, like, listen, injuries. Uh, Cliff took it on the chin today and said that it was his fault that he didn't scheme uh, appropriately once D-Hop left the, the team you yeah. know, and got hurt. Like, these are all things that we've been pointing out, yeah. we've been talking about. They talked about Rondell Moore mm-hmm. being a little bit more accessible in the offense and, and exposing his or expanding his role. Mm-hmm. Like, these are obviously we're talking about the offensive side of the ball, but these are all things that collaboratively led to their demise as we go to the end of the season. Yeah. And when you're watching player development, and I would argue that the offensive side of the ball is just as lackluster in player development as the defensive side of the ball, when yeah. you watch what Rondell Moore was. You know, able to do despite being held back by Cliff Kingsbury. That's the truth. Yeah. It's interesting. He also made, that being Steve Kime, a couple quick notes. He did say that they're going to pick up Kyler Murray's fifth-year option. He did say that, you know, Christian Kirk has been the ideal teammate, you know, first in the building, great guy to be around. But subsequently, you know, we're hearing that, uh, and we reported this in February, at least I did, that, you know, it's very likely that, that a lot of the Cardinal free agents, including Christian Kirk, leave for other teams. And he talked up, it's, it's funny, he left out a lot of names pertaining to next March or this March to re-sign, but he talked about two stars in particular that they said needed to be re-signed on top of Kyler Murray, Byron Murphy and Jalen Thompson, which I thought was really interesting given the fact that they have this robust group of free agents that it doesn't seem like if you're waiting on a Zach Ertz or a James Conner or Chase Edmonds to be re-signed before free agency, it's not probably going to happen. So they're going to go out and they're going to participate in this freedom frenzy, but they've got some internal guys that they they want to you know, discuss bringing back so they don't get to that point I, next year. I also thought that the phrasing that he used was very interesting. You know, deserving of a contract. Yeah. You know, um, when when you use those words. 
words deserving of a contract that that illustrates um, uh, more than just you know like his contracts up and we're, we want to re-up him like deserving a contract means that in their eyes yeah. you've done everything that they've asked you to do you performed at a level that expected you to perform at or exceeded it yeah. and you're a good guy to be around <laughs> mm-hmm. like those are the main three cogs of what we're talking about so I do wonder to what extent are they not seeing these things from some of the other guys yeah. you know like listen if they don't bring back Christian Kirk you got to ask that question what about Christian Kirk led you to believe that he wasn't that kind of guy was yeah. it his performance on the field was it you know his his uh, working work habits you know in 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 and around the locker room like what was it about him that you didn't necessarily feel like you were getting you a return on value of course you want all these guys back every gm every coach always says that they want all their guys back but in a perfect world um i would even say that half of that's bullshit yeah you know absolutely it's just flat out because you don't want some of those guys back because you feel like you can improve in other areas that's what the cardinals are probably going to try and do yep i would prepare yourselves for a very Busy and active march for the Cardinal free agents and maybe not so much for the Arizona Cardinals themselves. I don't get the sense, Saul, that they are making it a priority to bring back the large majority of of their free agents. I I think you can expect a lot of their guys to end up on other teams. Uh, Quickly here, when Covington and Mazdaval step into the octagon this Saturday, UFC 272, DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the USC, has a knockout offer for new customers. Bet just $1 on that main event. Get $100 in free bets no matter what. First knockout in the first round. Knockout in the first round, you get paid. Again, use that promo code PHNX. Uh, Majority draw, you get paid. Uh, as I lose my ad read, and I'm going to have to scroll down here. Double knocking results in a no contest ruling. You get $100 in free bets no matter what the outcome is. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. It's a call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that promo code PHNX and bet on UFC 272. That made event. Get $100 in free bets no matter what happens in that fight. Again, PHNX is the promo code. It's a, the official sports betting partner of the UFC 21 and over. Arizona-only gambling problem. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEPS. New customer only. You do have to deposit a minimum of $5. Eligibility restrictions. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for more details. Jalen Blair in the chat says, so does that mean the Cards plan to be active in signing other teams' free agents? I would say um, you. I would expect a lot of one-year prove-it deals like we saw last year, like an A.J. Green, like a James Conner in early April, right? I do not, outside of maybe corner, again, which I asked Cliff if he was comfortable with Byron and Marco, and he said, we need to add bodies to that room. I think if, if, there, if you're going to see one significant contract outside of re-signing somebody like a Zach Ertz or, or somebody like that internally, I think they'll spend money on a corner. Yeah, agreed. A thousand percent. That's where I was going to go with that. Is if they, Listen, Kyle... Kime isn't afraid to spend money. No. Like, he's shown that. This organization has shown that over the last 15 years. They, they're not afraid to go out there and make a splash and try to get some guys, some high-value guys and some high-value contracts yeah. from their perspective, right? J.J. Watt, for example. Yeah. Um, and so we'll see where it goes, but I, I would absolutely agree with you. Cornerback is going to be a position that they look in, in, in free agency. If you would have asked me going into this, this week, is J.C. Jackson an option for this team? I said, you know, probably not. Not I think and he is now. After this, after these comments, because what, what what would you rather do if you're Kyman Kingsbury? 
Take a take a corner at 23 who's not going to be probably as good as Byron or Marco next season or sign a guy in free agency and immediately plug and play and then maybe get an edge rusher or receiver that you can start. I just I think that that's the route they want to take and it, it bears watching. Something else that was worth watching today, Cliff Kingsbury as, as a um, regard to the Kyler Murray, Eric Burkhart statement and the first thing I asked him when he stepped to the podium, you know, what are your comments on Kyler and everything going on? I have. Uh, you know, it's, it's been part of the business. Um, he has a job to do, and, and that's what he was doing. How much have you been in touch with him since he's come up? Uh, with Eric? With Kyler. Oh, with Kyler? I have not. I have not. Did Eric talk to you about the statement before he put it out? Uh, no. No, we keep those things separately. Um, like I said, we understand it's a business, and he's doing his job. From your vantage point, how urgent is that situation to keep the quarterback satisfied? Um, you know... I think all of our long-term term goal here is to have Kyler be our, our quarterback, and he understands that, and he understands my um, view of him and, and how I feel about him. And um, once again, I'm going to refer it back to the business side of things, and that's not something that I, I deal with. But um, it's all part of the business right now and, and things that we'll continue to work through. Will you talk to Kyler at all, either in person or over text, to, to, to hash it out a little bit? I, I do consistently. We're in a great place. So I, I just haven't talked to him since yesterday. I guess that was the question you asked. Uh, are Since you, no, the statement. No, are you going to plan in the future to sit down and talk to him about this? And his, his yeah, I talk to him consistently. About what? About football. Yeah, what, what we work together on. You know, Cliff's a fun guy. You know, he first approached the press conference today before taking any questions. He said, hey, just a quick programming note. Steve Kime will be here later, and he's really excited to talk to you all. So I think he knew kind of tongue-in-cheek what was about to happen after his own agent, Eric Burkhart, released the statement on behalf of Kyler Murray yesterday. But a quick couple things I took away from that, Saul. He didn't know Eric was releasing that statement. I'm not sure I believe that, but okay. Um, he hasn't talked to Kyler Murray since the statement has been released. He loves but that Eric. that was only yesterday. That, that's true. He loves Eric. That's not going to change, right? He's not dropping Eric, and he loves Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. That's what I took away from that. <clears throat> uh, what I took away from that is you just don't want to talk about this is what it is. It's right. a conflict of interest. Yes. I really believe that. Like yeah. It's a conflict of interest when you have your your own quarterback representing represented by the same agent that you have. Yeah. Like it's that's I don't know how you navigate that. And come on, man. Don't tell me that bullshit about oh, I didn't know it was going to happen. I haven't mm. talked to him since the statement came out. Blah blah blah. I know damn well they've talked. They yeah. had to have talked. You know what I mean? Like you don't want to blindside your own client either. Like Cliff, hey, just want to give you a heads up this is happening tomorrow. That's probably all that was said. Yeah, and I'm sure it's the same kind of communication he had with Kyler Murray during the season when Eric and Cliff leaked out that he was potentially a replacement for Lincoln Riley at the University of Oklahoma. The three of them are, I think, in constant communication, number one, because I'm sure Kyler or Cliff is Kyler's biggest cheerleader in the room. Like, Cliff knows if I'm going to succeed, I have to have Kyler Murray with me, pay Kyler whatever you want. Also, it's his agent. So, again, he has bestowed faith onto him. And I think there are a lot of people who believe that Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury are tied to the hip. Now, we'll see if that rings true a year from now and and they have to make some changes if the season doesn't go well. But I, I do think that Cliff Kingsbury, you know, for all the flack that he gets, he is able to come up and be a grown-up in regard to this situation. Again, we've seen other coaches, they haven't been able to keep it together, right? And Cliff is very much pro-Cardinals and pro-Kyler. And I also think it's easier for Cliff because, like, 
he knows with the way he finished the season, like he's not, he doesn't have leverage. People argue, does Kyler have leverage? Cliff doesn't have any. So he knows, like, I have to put my head down and grind right now. You know, the interesting thing with Cliff, and this is what I was talking about, this is what I was referring to in terms of two different television shows, if if you will. Um, I thought Kime doesn't have that conflict of interest, right? Yeah. And so he's able to speak a little bit more clearly about the relationship between everybody. Yeah. Um, and when he says something, I don't feel like he's full of shit when it comes to, um, you know, Eric Burkhart's. When he says, well, you know, his agent's doing what his agent's supposed to do. Like, I believe Kime. Yeah. When Cliff says it, I'm like, mm, but is he? You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, I just want There's always that seed of doubt that yeah. I'm like, I, I don't believe it. And also, like, listen, Cliff very much tried to squash questions today yes like he, he did. tried yeah. he tried to give one word answers but hey credit to the media that was here because it is a national media event it is not just you know the arizona guys yeah and sometimes you know like we have a tendency to just be like well you know we'll let this one go and we'll come back to it another day whereas the national media is like yeah 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 but yeah yeah, yeah but and then and then other local you know we we obviously we saw darren urban here josh weinfest they were asking questions and like people want answers yeah they, enough with this one answer bs and enough with the you know trying to be oh well you know we, we'll have to look at these things to see if we can get them corrected bs that he tries to spew yeah we need answers as to why things are happening the public wants to know and they deserve to know cliff confirmed that he, that Kyler Murray, he feels like is in good standings with the organization that he wants to be a Cardinal. They obviously want him to be a Cardinal. He also said and was asked, like, have you seen Kyler Murray improve on a lot of the things he's been critiqued on, uh, that being the leadership, et cetera? And he says he's seen exponential growth from his first year to his third year. And, of course, we've seen that. I, I think that Kyler has evolved clearly since he first came into the league as a rookie in 2019. Now, is, has he evolved enough? That That's an argument for a different day is he has he evolved enough Saul to be a 40 plus million dollar a year quarterback annually I think a lot of people would push back on that idea but it, it, they're just they're in a very I don't know they're in a they're in an uncomfortable position because of the fact that Kyler and Eric are putting such a, a point of emphasis and putting pressure on the organization to where like Michael Bidwell came out on local radio Friday and, and basically tried to squash all this before the combine like thought that they were in good standings with Kyler Murray and Eric Burkhart and that, hey, you know, we're just, we're taking it in stride. We're, we're in the Kyler Murray business. We're happy with everything. We're talking to him. And then for Eric and Kyler to, to, to basically throw a bomb on Combine Week with that statement yesterday, that was, I mean, we talk about it, this, the aesthetics of that statement, all caps, multiple paragraphs, difficult to read, the funky logo. I mean, it was, it's, it basically overtook uh, a, a presser for both of them that I don't think that they anticipated nor they wanted. It was unnecessary. Yeah. The whole thing was unnecessary. Yesterday was just why. Yeah. Like why. And, you know, and we talked to several people here mm-hmm. at the Combine to kind of get the feel of, of what the pulse is nationally um, from this this whole drama yeah. scenario. And uh, for for a large portion of them, they said, you know, like that, that what Eric Burkhart did yesterday was just, it was unnecessary. Yeah. It was, you know, it was irrelevant. It, there was no need for it. Uh, listen, we're still in the middle of a contract negotiation, yeah. apparently. Like, I, I guess. I, I did, I, well, I know we're full-fledged in the middle of it now. Yep. Like, you know, if it wasn't clear before, it is absolutely clear now. Yeah. And it's 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 a process, mm-hmm. you know? Hey, listen, they're going to get it figured out. I really do believe they're going to get it figured out. I Before today, you and I talked, and I said, I have a bad feeling Kyler's going to get traded at some point. Yeah, you did say After that. today... 
I feel much better about where the Cardinals and their relationship with Kyler sit. Um, and you and you basically have to take a flyer in, on hope with Kime and Cliff and in, in, in believe it. what they're saying is true. Listen, they tried – they tried very carefully to not say anything and not put their own foot in their mouth. They did mm-hmm. a very good job of that today. They did. I do believe Kyler has improved very much so from his rookie season to his third season in terms of leadership, growth, performance. But again, what is what is that range there? Yeah. Right? That's very subjective. Like, you know, if we're talking about you're going from some introvert and now you're Peyton Manning, okay, cool. But I don't feel like that's the, what we're talking about. You know, if, if it's a 1 to 10 scale in terms of Kyler to Peyton Manning, Kyler probably went from like 1 to 4. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's still good growth. Yeah. But is it the growth that you pay a franchise quarterback big-time money for? I don't know. Yeah, we had an opportunity to connect with Josina Anderson, and, and she brought up a good point of like, yeah, these third-year quarterback extensions, they do happen, but they happen in the summer. They don't happen right after the season was over. And we get the sense that, that Kyler and Eric went to the team right after that wild card game amidst everything negative with this team and basically said like, hey, let's open up discussions. We're ready to talk contract to the team, very non-receptive to that at the time, which we believe has led to the social media scrubbing, the statements that are now coming out. So you could you could probably make an argument the team was taken taken back by all this. And then when you look at a lot of the other quarterbacks that have got paid after their third year, remember, Lamar Jackson still hasn't been extended yet. He's got an MVP and multiple playoff bursts under his belt. Baker Mayfield wanted a contract, didn't get one, and now he's hurt and entering you know his fifth-year option. I'm sure Kyler sees all of that and is like, I want to get paid now. I'm undersized. I don't, I don't understand this panic room mo- movement. Like... <laughs> Like, you ever see that movie? Yeah. Where it's like, why? Why? Like, yeah. why, what are you in such a rush for right now? Like, I understand that your third year is done. I understand you don't want to get into your fourth season, but there's still. Do you like, do you feel like? And I brought this up to Josina. Do you feel like it's because the GM and the head coach are lame ducks potentially, and you also want to be able to attract other players to the market? And it's like, if I'm Kyler Murray, I'm like, yeah, I want to be the man. I want a unified front. I want players who want to come play here. I want security. Maybe it feels like he doesn't have that. Which would be, which is insane if you talk to Michael Bidwell, because what the hell are they going to do if they don't have Kyler Murray? Well, Lamar Jackson's won an MVP and mm-hmm. just and been a little bit more successful than Kyler Murray in the playoffs, and he still doesn't have a contract extension. That's true. Jalen Blair has pointed that out in the ch- chat, obviously. Yep. Uh, thank you, Jalen. Um, listen, like, <laughs> so Kyler Murray has done neither of those things, mm-hmm. and. He's asking for franchise-type money. We saw a graphic today by Pro Football Focus saying the estimated um, value of his contract would be six years, and I think it was $275 million. $46 million per year. Yeah, $46.5 million per year. Are you paying that for him? Mm. I, I don't, I'm not. I'm not ready to do that. No. I just didn't. Uh, not after that performance. Because, listen, people are going to remember what the last thing you did was. And the last thing I remember Kyler Murray doing was throwing that fucking underhanded bullshit pass <laughs> for an interception and a touchdown. That's what I remember. I remember sitting there getting trashed by Rams fans <laughs> around me because little Kyler Murray wasn't showing up for the big game. Yep, the Cardinals are still debating on how much they want to invest on Kyler Murray. Meanwhile, you can invest in us, become a part of our PHNX family at gophnx.com. You can get a membership for the next calendar 12 months. Just under $60. You can dip your toe in 50 cents for the first month, $8.99 for the subsequent month. You can get a free T-shirt from our PHNX merchandise locker like my go- my guy Saul's got on right now. Some Southwest Bias, Cardinals, Arizona Wildcats. We got so many great T-shirts 
right now available and in the upcoming months that you want to check out, phnxlocker.com. And then I also want to remind everybody, children five and older are eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine. The vaccine is the best tool we have to reduce the chances of getting sick with COVID-19. The vaccine can reduce the risk of being hospitalized or dying from the disease. It's safe, free, and highly effective, and vaccines are available throughout Arizona. Visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location nearest to you. So I want to wrap up a lot of our Cliff and Kime discussion with um, a couple quick points that I took away, non-Kyler related. I think we mentioned it. Cornerback appears like it's going to be a priority mm-hmm. in free agency. Mm-hmm. I think that's definite. I also don't get the sense that I think we could lose James Conner and, and Chase Edmonds. Yeah. I think based on their comments, Cliff said you'd love to have both of them back. Steve said it's about dollars and cents. The pricing, you know, they're going to speak with their reps, but you just don't know. I, I, again, I don't. I, I want your opinion. Do you feel like we could see an overhaul of the roster a little bit this offseason? Yeah, I, I do. Okay. I, I, which sounds funny for a team that did win 11 games yeah. um, and they went to the playoffs, the, but the way it all just fell apart, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's the thing you have to kind of look at and figure out. And clearly you don't have the dudes in-house to, to be able to prevent something like that from happening. Um, I I don't feel like, man, this is going to sound really f- weird to say. I don't feel like Kime is on as much as a hot seat as Cliff Kingsbury. It doesn't is. feel like it. He feel he's looked pretty loose today. Well, I, I just listen, man. That, that guy was talking the talk and walking the walk today, <laughs> and I'm not gonna lie, I was impressed. Like I was, and and I've heard him speak a million times, but it was like, listen, he came in here with a plan. He knew exactly what we were going to ask. He's been prepping. Yeah. He, he understands. Um, but he also understands that this franchise is at a crossroads. And Kyler Murray is, is kind of at a point right now where his development is going to dictate whether or not Cliff Kingsbury himself stays in the fold or not. Yeah. Because if I'm Kime, I can always say, I made the move to get Cliff King or to get Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Cliff has taken him as far as he can. It's time for a change, a new outlook, and somebody that can develop Kyler Murray into the player that he's going to be. We need to make that move. I'm going to be okay. Uh, I I truly believe that right now. A couple other quick notes. They did mention that they need to do a better job getting Zavian Collins and Isaiah Simmons more snaps. Take that for what you will. Uh, J.J. Watt presumably will be healthy uh, soon. Uh, I believe Kime made a comment right after the Super Bowl. He was in the weight room, um, very active. I expect to see a lot of J.J. Watt this offseason, especially if Kyler Murray's not around, You know, leading the charge, leading the huddle, leading the group, uh, should have no limitations this offseason. Um, you know, we, we didn't have an opportunity to connect on DeAndre Hopkins. I would hope that he is fully recovered from his lower body surgery that he had late in the season. Um, and then just, you know, that sense of urgency that they feel like they need to be able to hit on pick 23 because Kime did not dismiss trading more picks for players, but it certainly doesn't sound like that pick's going to be 23. You mean this season? Yeah. You don't think it, they're going to pick at 23? No, I don't think that he, they're going to trade away pick 23 for oh, a yeah, veteran. Yeah. No, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah, you, listen, uh, it, and even Steve Kahn was like, yeah, we're the only we're the only NFC West team. He's very proud of that. Yeah, he was, he was the only NFC West team with a draft pick in the first round. Like, yeah. And I felt like he kind of winked at you and smiled, you know, when he said that. I was like, all right, guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, listen, uh, they, they got a plan. If I feel confident in that they have a plan. They do. Um, and they understand 
some of their, their missteps along the way. Uh, and they all talked about how when all three of them were together for the first time, uh, and mainly Cliff and, and Kyler, yeah. that it was drinking from a, a fire hose. Yeah. And it was a he lot to take that. on because there, there's a lot of education that has to go on for a first-time head coach in the NFL, um, bringing in all the coaches behind him to support him and trying to help him navigate all these things in addition to trying to get the most out of his offensive guruism, if you will. Mm-hmm. And Kyler... Much the same. Yeah. All at the same time. That's a lot to handle. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we we kind of overlook that part. But this is a results business. Yeah. And if you don't give us what we want, you're on the next boat out. There's just no way. Cliff did mention that they feel like they are getting closer in the NFC West, much more competitive as opposed to their first two years. And, and yes, they did finish second, even though nobody remembers that because the Niners and the Rams were in the NFC title games. So take that for what you will. They feel like they're making progress. You be the judge. We will be here all week Espo, get live out of the in get Indianapolis out of the chat, for the NFL Combine. This trash comment. What did he say? He said, only NFC West team with a losing record in the playoffs this year, too. Well, the Seahawks didn't fucking make it, okay? That doesn't count. Hey, the Suns are, one, what are they, one and two in their last three games, Espo? Give us a break, <laughs> all right, my man? We're trying to get off-season wins here while yeah, you're taking I mean, regular season L's. Don't be a troll in Come the comments, on, my Espo. Man. Everybody else other than Espo, be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. Wait, we, we're not done yet. What? I got questions for you. Okay. Okay, so we heard a lot of chatter today, and one of the chatter things that I thought I wanted to throw out your, your way is okay. if it could be done. Okay. Now, I don't think it could be done, but if it could be done. Oh, no. The Giants GM literally said, like, hey, we're open for business. Don't don't say this next thing <laughs> you're about to say to me because you tried to tell me off air, and I, I did not want to hear it. Did I? Yeah. I don't think I tried to mention this off air. Maybe it was my dad that said this, and Maybe. now you're about – this is eerie. I mean, would we want a Saquon Barkley no! in the house? So my, I talked to my dad 30 minutes before the show, and he brought up Saquon Barkley. That's eerie. Hell no. Sa- didn't Saquon Barkley go second overall, which means his cap hit this year is gross for a running back that can't stay healthy? Hell no. Take a running back fourth, fifth round this year, pair him with a free agent. Did we not learn last year with the tandem that they had a very successful tandem, made no money? Pay the receivers, play, pay the pass rushers. If they trade for a Barkley or somebody like that, I will literally vomit in my shoe. I can't. St- <laughs> That's how the Cardinals used to operate, right? Why, why don't we go get Rashad Mendenhall and Emmett Smith? We'll get Rashad all these. Rashad Mendenhall has never been Saquon Barkley. Come on. Well, man. he was a former first round. The Cardinals love to take chances on guys like that and overpay, or at least they used to. The James Conner pick was shrewd. Goodness, if they. If they trade for Saquon Barkley and don't bring back James Conner, it just shows you everything that's wrong with this franchise. At least, at least we're not going to make a trade for Deshaun Watson like the Broncos are. That's true. The Broncos, Ooh. yes, we're just we're, we're poking ribs here. Yay! Um, oh, get oh, out what's of going here! On? Somebody, somebody tried to mute me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that voice you guys hear is the lovely Allie uh, Monroy from DNVR. She mm. is our producer. For for today, so shout out to her. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to come in here and <laughs> say stop that right now. The comments from earlier today as well. No one's trying to sabotage you. A circuit broke, but we're back. We were good. Uh, and yeah, the Broncos are not 
going to the Broncos were basically what the beginning of our show was. Yeah, that was a train wreck this season. They deserve all the Kenny Pickett's in the world. They're refreshing his Twitter feed as as it happens here. They can't wait for Malik Willis to run this forty. And meanwhile, with our Pro Bowl quarterback, we are going to sign off. We will be back tomorrow live from the NFL Combine, 3 p.m. Arizona time. And we also do have a crossover episode. We do. um, With the DMVR folks that you guys can check out later on today. Um, It's just kind of uh, our own general thoughts on what's going on here at the Combine and uh, the cool stories, the big takeaways. And, uh, yeah, you can enjoy that. If you're hungry for player evals and interviews, that will be coming up the rest of this week. But for now, we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks.